Hey folks, here we are. It's Wednesday, the 15th of March. Great day. The sun's shining, but it is frigidly cold outside today. March, you know, it's the kind of weather. One day we get 60 degrees, supposed to be 58 or 60 degrees here on Thursday this week and Friday. So the cold weather is ending today and going away. I'm Tom Young, and we're here for anchor.fm.com podcast called Money Shifts. And for our family group on the Family Money Group on Facebook, uh, glitches today, so I will have to post to Facebook. Uh, Somehow I lost my link, and I don't know why it does that. Obviously, Facebook does something, or maybe because they're laying off employees, some of their employees are are, (laughs) uh, causing things to happen at Facebook that make it challenging for you and I. I I don't know. I don't know. But we're here today to provide answers. Title of the day was going to be why are banks crashing? So we're going to talk about banks. We're going to talk about fractional banking and, and, and the kind of things that leads bank to the brink of destruction, which is where I believe a lot of banks are today because there was a report to come out from uh, Merrill Lynch, Mary Lynch, I call them. Uh, that they have nine or ten major, major banks that are all in the red. They're, they're in in the loss range, and and they are uh, at risk. The stocks yesterday on banks dropped 50, 60, 65, 70 percent in value. So people are starting to figure out what is going on, etc. We'll get to that in a moment. We start every presentation with prayers for everybody in the world. This China virus from Wuhan lab in China that has been launched around the world has affected everybody in one way or another. People's health has been impaired either by the virus or the vaccines that they took. People have lost loved ones. People have had their health impaired and our prayers go out for all of those people. We pray that the Lord would gather those that have been lost in his arms and take them to his kingdom of heaven above. We pray for Ukraine and what's going on there, this war between Russia and Ukraine, that somehow these folks would find uh, a roadmap to peace, stop the destruction and stop the killing. In Jesus' name we pray. You know, it's interesting. Let's see what our quote is today. I don't look at this before I start. So so here is where we're at. Here's the quote, and we're talking about Sir Winston Churchill. A lie gets halfway around the world before the truth has a chance to put its pants on. <laughs> I, I, I really like that. And, and if you think about that, that is so, so true. When we look at the last six years or so in politics, how many conspiracy theories have been thrown around. Oh, that's a conspiracy theory. And now all of a sudden we're looking back and, and, and it is being found out that almost all of those conspiracy theories were found out to be true. Which leads me today to, to the banking idea. What, what is going on in banking? And, and fractional banking, we have to understand the Federal Reserve. The Federal Reserve came into being in 1913 in the USA. 
there was a great book that was written called the, the, the Creature of Jekyll Island. And Jekyll Island was a resort island off the coast of Georgia where there was a large group of so-called millionaire billionaire people met on this island to design and create what we know today is the Federal Reserve. In my new book that I'm working on, I call it the banking cartel, uh, which is what it really is. And, and today, even today, all of the Federal Reserve banks are privately owned institutions. There is no government oversight of any kind. And in 1972, when Nixon removed us from the gold standard, it opened what I refer to as Pandora's box and exploded fractional banking into the problems that we have today and have had in the past. 2008 was a banking problem based on derivatives. And, and, and I'll talk about those in a minute. But right now I want to talk about fractional banking. So how does fractional banking actually work? So fractional banking is where you make a deposit into the bank of some amount of money. They're going to pay you 1% interest, 2% interest, etc. on that savings. They're going to loan that money out to another party. Let's assume that they loan that money out as part of a mortgage. So the mortgage rates today are averaging around 6%. So they paid you two and they loaned it out at six. So they made 4%, which was 200% profit over their cost. Again, they rented the money from you and paid you two. And then they made six. So the two they paid you means they made four. So cost of two, earn four, 200%. So now we look at that and say, let's go to the window now. Window, what do you mean, Tom? The Federal Reserve window that the member banks <clears throat> belong to and have access to. So they take the asset that you put up as collateral to make a loan at the bank, your mortgage, your house is collateral. The bank takes that collateral, they go to the Federal Reserve window and they leverage it with the Federal Reserve at an interest cost of around a quarter of 1%. They get 95% of that money back again on that asset. They loan it out a second time. And now they loan it out, let's say as a home equity loan and a home equity loan is 5%. Do you get any of the five? No, you don't. So the bank made four on the first transaction. They've now made five more percent, so that's nine on the second position of 95%. So a home equity loan means you put up your home as collateral. They take that collateral, go to the Federal Reserve window, and the 5% reserve is, is, is an average. It could be 7%, could be 4% on, on reserve. And, and that's why today we see banks crashing and people saying, well, they only have three or four or 5% of all the deposits in cash. Well, that's why. Because now they take the asset, the collateral, go to the Federal Reserve window a third time, and, and the same transaction happens again. 
They have to reserve 5% on average of the amount as they loan the money from the Federal Reserve again. The Federal Reserve loans the money back to that member bank at a quarter of 1% interest cost. And they loan the money out a third time. And they make another 5 or 6% interest. Do you get the idea of what's going on? Folks, this is the problem. This is where true inflation comes from. Inflation is not our fault. It's the Federal Reserve Bank's fault for printing money from nothing and pushing it into the marketplace through this velocity of money that they use called fractional banking. And because of this, it means the margins in banks are very, very thin. So what's happening right now is the interest rates are being raised to try to quell inflation, which has always been the historical remedy for inflation. In the 80s, interest rates, prime interest rates in 1982 went to 21.5%. A 30-year fixed rate mortgage was 16% interest compounded. I remember those days I was in this business at that time. So right now we see the feds raising interest rates and they say inflation last year was eight point something. The year before was eight point something. And they're saying right now it's like six something. The problem is, is with the government's manipulation of the basket, the relative basket of goods that they use to determine inflation has been changed and adjusted several times since 1980. In 1980, the inflation rate went to 15.6 or something like that under Jimmy Carter. So the federal government took automobiles and homes out of the relative basket of goods in 1980 and said, see, inflation has gone down. They adjusted the inflation calculations in 86 when they included the military, the million man army of America in the unemployment calculation, which immediately brought down unemployment rates, which was a factor in determining inflation. In 1990, under George Bush Sr., they adjusted it again, and they took food and, and medical out of the basket of goods. So today, when the government is calculating inflation, out of 13 segments of the economy that they used prior to 1979, today they only use three or four segments. And people will say, well, well Tom, what are those segments? I, I don't know, it's not important. What's important is the segments that they no longer use to determine the core inflation rate. And that's food, shelter, clothing, mortgages, automobiles, fuel costs, heating bills, and all of those things that you and I have been painfully experiencing of late. My utilities bill here at my office which used to average around $380 to $400 a month, last month was over $500 for the utilities in my office. Just a small two-story house that I have turned into an office. So those utility bills have gone up tremendously. 
And the same thing with eggs and food and everything else going on. So we'll continue this discussion, but don't don't be confused with what's going on. You know, Biden the other day blamed Trump for, he's been the president for two years and he's done more executive orders than any president that I'm aware of or heard of. And, and now he's still blaming Trump for the economic woes that he has purposely created in our country by shutting down oil productions and, and fuel production when we were on the verge of becoming the dominant member in the world and exporting our fuel. It would have been a way to get out of the debt. Remember the debt, $31.5 trillion of debt. And with the rising interest rates, the interest on the debt at 4% interest is now close to $1.2 trillion just interest on the debt. That is close to 25% of the gross revenue that the government collects through taxes. Something has to stop, folks. I don't know what it is, but I think we're on, on the beginning of the waves arising in the ocean, and, and, and I'm afraid to say that this may be the beginning of the tidal wave. I don't know. Get my book, The Family Money Farm, The CFO Project. There it is. Go to cfo-project.com, put in your name and email address, and you'll get an email and get a free copy. Download The Family Money Farm, The CFO Project, and a second book, a newer book, an e-book, called Financial Mastery Coaching the Blueprint. Those books will change your life, financially and otherwise. God bless you all. We'll see you again here in a couple of days.